Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360, the podcast solving today's most pressing issues in the AI arthritis community. We invite you all to the table where together we face the daily challenges of autoimmune and autoinflammatory arthritis. Every Sunday, join Tiffany and her fellow patient co-hosts as they lead discussions in the patient community as well as consult with stakeholders worldwide to solve the problems that matter most. Whether you are a loved one, a professional working in the field, or a person diagnosed with an AI arthritis disease, this podcast is for you. So pull up a chair and take a seat at the table. Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360. Today, we are very excited. My name is Tiffany. I am one of your co-hosts, and I'm also here with Bridget. Hi, Bridget. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I can't complain. I'm Bridget Surrett, and I am with Canna Patient Resource Connection. I have rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's, Ehlers-Danlos, uh, and some other undisclosed autoimmunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many can relate to that. I pretty much say now I stick with the non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis because it is dominant. Uh, but there are other things on my diagnosis sheet as well, <laughs> including Brissettes. And um, at one point there were Sjogren's. It's not on there anymore. But, uh, you know, we get it. We get it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> autoimmune diseases are like Pokemon. You got to catch them all. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so the other thing about Bridget that's kind of interesting, you may have, have noticed she said, can a patient. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit of what that, that is? Um, I run Canna Patient Resource Connection, and we're based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. We work with patients, researchers, and doctors to put together comprehensive information um, that can help us learn how to use cannabis and all of its constituents therapeutically uh, in our quest for healing. Okay, so. In case you have not guessed the topic today, <laughs> <laughs> CBD, and we're going to focus really on CBD. We know that there's a lot that it comes to, to therapeutic uh, with cannabis. And like all of the episodes that we do at AI Arthritis Voices 360, this is the beginning. This is the, what we call kind of the first. And all of our shows are set up like we work at our nonprofit, at uh, International Foundation for AI arthritis. And that is we have conversations all the time. We're both patients. We talk to patients all the time. We know what the problems are. And then we come together and we start to talk about them to all of you out there. And, uh, and based on this conversation and some follow-up conversations, we will expand the discussion. But for now, we're going to start with with CBD, and that is because it's everywhere. That might be, maybe that'll be the name of the show. Just CBD, it's everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> it's it's infused in mattresses, for goodness sake. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and the other thing also about, about Bridget is Bridget has been an, an volunteer with us mm -hmm. since, I, I, I think like 2009. I think it was before we even became an official nonprofit. I think you were yes. there for the movement. So she's been with us. We're going on like 11 years. And, and it just so happens that she's also the expert in the, on this topic. So aren't we lucky? <laughs> well, I am a patient. I am not a doctor. And I do want to say that, that this information is based more on the patient experience. And this is for you to take back to your medical team so you can make more informed decisions. This is not medical advice. This isn't go ditch all your medications and, and use CBD. That's not at all what this is about. This is just from a patient's perspective. This is what we're dealing with when it comes to the use of CBD, uh, when it comes to arthritis, autoimmune arthritis diseases. Yes. Um, so thank you for the, the disclaimer. Is that is very, very important as, uh, for everyone to consider while we're talking today. So the, the, this basic overview, what are the things that we're going to talk about today? Uh, you know, we want to cover some basics. So here's the dynamic. <laughs> We've got Bridget, super expert. 
Woohoo! Ten, 11 out of 10. I mean, super expert. <laughs> and you have me, uh, Tiffany. I have, I have really been trying to learn. And, and Bridget knows this. We've talked about this topic for a couple years now. I mean, it's been a while yes. since you and I have gone back. If I'm at a conference and I hear about it, I'll message her and show her the slides. So I've really been working on this. And the point of telling you that is I still get confused. <laughs> There's so much out there and yes. we need to, we, so we're here to clarify that. We're here to answer some questions um, about what is it that we're seeing out there? Um, what is hemp-based? What is legal? What is, uh, wh- how do we use CBD? What are the benefits? Where do we buy it? What do we look for? I mean, there's, <laughs> I'm looking at my, at my notes here. It's just so, so many, but the bottom line <laughs> is, you know, when, when I can go to a fair and get CBD infused water and it's, I don't, I don't know what that means. And I, especially because I'm thinking of using it for pain and for a pain alternative for my diseases. And then I think, well, that doesn't make sense because if I can just have it in water, then why, why do I need it elsewhere? So we're going to cover a little bit of, of all of that today. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to Bridget to really start this off uh, with, you know, getting us down to the basic of what what this is and how we even got here (laughs) today. (laughs) So a little history about um, hemp specifically and cannabidiol, which is CBD. Um, Up until 1960, all of it was considered marijuana. And the birdseed industry, the hemp oil cooking oil industry, and some of the other more industrial uses of hemp lobbied to get a definition of hemp that would separate it from the definition of marijuana and make it legal to use for industrial purposes. Um, And so that's where the definition of hemp actually comes from. And the only difference between a plant that is considered hemp and a plant that consider, is considered marijuana is the THC level. And the federal okay. definition of hemp is 0.3% or less THC. And that's, okay. that's it. Um, outside of 1960, like I said, everything was illegal. Everything was considered marijuana. And they wanted to um, have the le- or legalize the industrial uses of the plant. And so they came up with a definition of hemp. It's, it's sort of like the roses in your yard, right? You know, mm. I've got these beautiful, like, you know, forest roses, and then I have red roses and yellow roses and pink roses and, and some with yellow, pink and all sorts of colors. <laughs> but then the government goes in and says, you know what, only the red roses are going to be legal and we're going to call them Bob. We're just going to call them a completely different name. It's still a rose. It's still the same thing. The only difference in it is the color. And the same concept applies to hemp and and marijuana. It's basically the same plant. It's just the THC content is either going to be at 0.3% or lower or at 0.3% and higher. Okay. So for somebody like me who's really trying to to understand this, because I think that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. complications I've had. I go online and I see, oh, well, this is CBD from hemp. And then I think to myself, okay, well, does that mean it's better? Does that mean it's cleaner? What does that mean? <laughs> and so then I, so then I go to Bridget <laughs> and I say, <laughs> what does this mean? No, I, I found myself very confused because there's a lot of different websites that tell me different things. And, um, mm-hmm. what it, what you're basically saying here is there there is cannabis as a big umbrella on the top yes and whether it is hemp or whether it is marijuana it's still cannabis yes yes there is one source for cbd as we know it and it is from cannabis whether it is a low thc cannabis or a high thc cannabis it's it's really irrelevant. It's based more on what you want to use for your condition. And there are legalities involved okay. when it comes to Yeah, we're definitely gonna yes. we're definitely going to be talking about the <laughs> the legalities as we go through here. Um the other thing that I've seen is 
coming up, people will say, well, it's a broad spectrum or a full spectrum. And then I see isolate and I'm thinking, okay, broad, isolate, which I think of isolation. So then I even get more confused. So could you explain a little bit about what, <laughs> what, the broad, what that means when we see that in the descriptions? Absolutely. And the first thing that I advise every patient is to check specifically with that manufacturer to ask them what they consider as broad spectrum, what they consider as full spectrum, um, and what they consider as isolates, because there are no standard definitions. However, the majority of what I'm seeing, full spectrum, that term usually refers to a product that has the full amount of THC allowed legally, uh, which is the 0.3%, and it has all of the other things in the cannabis plant. Uh, there are a lot more cannabinoids than THC and, and CBD, so it's probably going to have a full profile of cannabinoids and a full profile of terpenes. A broad spectrum now is starting to be used in the case where you have that full spectrum of cannabinoids and terpenes minus large amounts of the THC. And so they're, they're purposely removing as much THC as they can from that particular product. Okay. And can you just elaborate again for very basic here, THC? When you're saying THC, what are you referring to? I am referring to tetrahydrocannabinol, which is the part of cannabis that the intoxication comes from. Okay. All right, perfect. And ter and you said the the ter terpenes. Terpenes. Yes. Say okay. <laughs> I'm saying it right. The terpenes. Yes. What what is that? So terpenes to very grossly oversimplify this. Just yes. think of smell. Anything okay. you smell is terpenes. You know, a lemon smells like a lemon because of the terpenes in it. Um, coffee smells like coffee because of the glorious compounds of terpenes in it. So I would think of that more as aroma, but these are actually legitimate chemicals that have real interactions and real reactions within the body, and they can be applied therapeutically. Okay. All right. So I go online. I see the bit, I, I see hemp, I see marijuana, but they both come from the big umbrella, yes. cannabis. And one of them has more THC. Yes. The marijuana uh -huh. has more THC and the hemp has less THC. Correct. Woo! Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's good. That's, that's fantastic. All right. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> so now let's bring it forward. Let's bring it kind of forward to today. So uh, thank you for the history. And in that, that's helpful. Uh, because we're, as I said, we go online and we see so many things. I, I don't know mm -hmm. what I'm even reading or understanding, but to get to that basic knowledge of that umbrella and the two sides and, and THC and that being the, 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 um, what did, how did you say it? The part that that's the definition that is the defining factor between hemp and marijuana. The psychoactivity or the, Psycho it's, Gosh, it's not necessarily psychoactivity because CBD is psychoactive. That's why it works for seizures, but mm. it's the intoxicating and that's what the, I'm looking yes, for. Yes. The intoxicating effects of tetrahydrocannabinol. Okay. The intoxic, the intoxicating effect. That's what mm -hmm. I wanted. That's really what I wanted to pull out of this because uh, a lot of people who are looking into CBD are doing so because of pain. Mm -hmm. um, it could also could be anxiety or sleep or thing, but but we're going to focus a little bit more on pain today for absolutely the, you know autoimmune or autoinflammatory arthritis diseases, and in doing that, I know myself included, um, I did not want the intoxicating part. Yes, uh, I wanted the the healing benefit specifically so that I didn't have to take eight. Ibuprofen a day, which is where I was, and plus that that was giving me severe heartburn uh, when when I looked into this originally, and and so the, you know I know that and, and and by no way, shape, or form am I or anybody at our organization suggesting that it is uh, that using any type for there 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 are benefits right for mm -hmm. many people for combining for elevating THC levels. It's just for this particular podcast, we're focusing 
on on the CBD element itself. It's the or, beginner or, cannabinoid. It's the beginner. There you go. The beginner. I like the 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 the, the square one, and that's where we're at today. Um, <clears throat> so in saying that, we 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 go online, right? I mean, that's that's what we do. We're going yes. online, or we're talking to other patients. Yes. And where are the patients getting the information? They're either getting it online or they're talking to each other about their personal experiences. <laughs> You're laughing. Yes, <laughs> yes they are. And, and most of the sources online are from people um, or places that are selling products that have a, an interest in making sure that you feel comfortable ordering this product. Um, so the information may not be as accurate as we would like to see. And that, unfortunately, is the bulk of the information out there. Now that's interesting. So let let's let's delve into that before before we got uh, before we started this episode. Actually, um, I showed Bridget a website. I'm not you know won't name names or anything. Absolutely. But the reason that I showed it to her is because not only is CBD everywhere, as we said, and you know you said you saw it in ma- a CBD mattress, mattresses, <laughs> athletic clothing, <laughs> pillows. So so. Not as not not only are we seeing it almost uh, mainstream, making it seem like okay, it's it's everywhere. So maybe that makes it a lot more safe to go onto these sites. So we're thinking that psych- psychologically. But I had a friend that I've known for many years send me a message saying, "Guess what? I'm now a CBD salesman, and I'll give you a really great deal. It's pure. It's great stuff." And I said, "Can we look at this website? Because this, if this is happening to me." Mm-hmm. It's going to ha- it's going to happen to other people. Yes. So not only are are we as people living with these diseases interested in in possibly um utilizing this if not already yes. have, have utilized it um for pain or 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 other purposes we'll go online we're asking questions we ask questions to our our peers who may or may not uh know all the answers other than bringing personal experience to the table. And now we have people we may or may not know messaging us <laughs> saying, hey, I've got this. Just go right here. I'm going to give you a 50% off coupon. And then it's your friend. And oh, so then how do you say, you know, you got to say no. And there's uh-huh. just a lot. This is literally It's overwhelming. Everywhere. It is it incredibly is. overwhelming. So we pulled up the site and it, it, it looked great. It had, um, you know, we we test, we have lab tests, which are some of the things that I know you're going to go over, Bridget, and, mm-hmm. and some things to look for. But the legal, the legal <laughs> thing, you said, go to facts and qu- the frequently asked questions. Yes. And let's look to see where the what the legal stuff is. And we pulled it up. Let me look at my my notes here. I copied and pasted it on here. Um, and now I won't be able to find it. But maybe you can you can summarize what it what it said, Bridget. Um, basically, the the site was saying that um, hemp CBD is legal in all 50 states. It didn't mention that there were um, any contradictions to that, and there was no there was no sense anywhere on the website that this could be a legal issue for someone, whether through CPS or through um, you know just regular law enforcement. So here I found it. It says, is CBD legal? And then the answer is yes. We have um, full tractability and legal documentation to ensure that we are in full compliance with all state, federal, and international regulations. Because we have the ability to completely remove the THC from our oil, we are able to ship our products across state lines and to dozens of countries around the world. So yes, my my response to that is um, CBD was descheduled on a federal level, but it was placed under the federal uh, FD&C Act, which placed it under the regulatory authority of the FDA. The FDA prior to that particular farm bill approved Epidiolex, which is a CBD tincture as a drug product. The other caveat to CBD's legalities is deep into the Farm Bill, there is a little clause in there that says this does not prevent a state from regulating further. And there is a federal Controlled Substances Act, which is what they descheduled hemp and its cannabinoids from. But every single state 
has its own version of the Controlled Substances Act, and it's not dependent on whether it's legal on the federal level or not. So unless the state has specifically protected hemp CBD through legislation or removed it from its Controlled Substances Act, you are technically violating state law. Okay, so I'm going to put this in again, mm-hmm. my, my novice uh, imagery here. So let's say I am, a, now I am in a state, and, and again, we know that this is an international show and we are, we are referencing mm-hmm. some legalities here in the United States, but this is show number one. <laughs> so we will, we will bridge this out. Uh, so I, I just want to make that clear. But I am living in the United States and, and I am in a state that has passed uh, CBD or uh, cannabis for medical use. And mm-hmm. not all have. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say I do, I'm not. Let's just say I, I live in a, in a state that has not. And I go on Amazon and I think I found one that that's great, that meets all of the criteria. And I order it. And hey, it says it's legal in all 50 states and they've removed all the THC. So I've got it in my car and, you know, I use it. It's on my dashboard and I get pulled over. What happens? It depends on what state (laughs) you're in. If you are in a state like South Dakota, you will be arrested for a felony drug violation. Um, If you're in a state like Colorado... Nothing will probably happen to you. Um, or, well, I mean, maybe yeah, nothing would happen maybe either. Nothing, maybe you yeah. get pulled over and nothing would happen because you're like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know, please, please. I, we yeah, actually, I'm sure that happens a, a lot. It, it does. And, and we've actually had patients go from a state that has removed CBD from its Controlled Substances Act to states that have not without understanding that. And they have been arrested. We actually had to help with bail last year. Um, one of our patients went from Alaska to South Dakota and had a class five drug felony for a oh. CBD isolate, which is supposed to be a THC free product. And so that means the isolate, that means that they have pulled out as much THC as possible. Okay. So even if, even if I go online and I buy something and it says it is a, it is an isolate, I I I have done my homework. I but I am in a place that has not yet mm-hmm. changed that 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 legal. I could be in trouble. You you really could be. Um, a okay. lot and again, of, this is yes. dated. Um, this is going to this is airing for <laughs> anyone who's listening in <laughs> in early to uh, twenty twenty. So you know, depending on things when you're listening to daily. this, the, yeah, things things change a lot. What 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 advice would you give, regardless? I guess where where people live in the mm-hmm. world, um, and, and they want to go and start using CBD for for legal purposes. How would you recommend they go and look into this? They every single patient, whether you live here, whether you live in Canada, whether you live in Spain, or or anywhere, you have to check with your local municipalities for those legalities. Um, And they're not always straightforward. I do want to mention Canada here. Um, Both the United States and Canada uh, do have legal CBD. And I know you can't see the air quotes over legal on radio. (laughs) But um, but however, if you were to go from New York to Montreal, Mm -hmm. and you have CBD, they will confiscate it at the border. Because in Canada, while CBD use is legal for adults, um, even without a medical card, they don't allow you to import it. Oh, and so these these laws are not very straightforward. Um, if you're looking at the United States, Idaho is a great example. Idaho has said, "Yeah, CBD isolates they're legal, but you can only get CBD from hemp seed, uh, only ones from, made from hemp seed and stock." And the the kicker is CBD doesn't come from hemp seeds or stocks, so. Okay. So it's illegal in Idaho, and that was just their way of making that law symbolic. So you have to really dig in to um, your local municipality or anywhere that you're going to travel and check those legalities and make sure that you mitigate that particular risk if there is one. There was something else that you mentioned, and we, you and I have talked about this over the, the course of the last year, because I remember you sharing this with me. Juveniles. Yes. 
That's a that's a whole other <laughs> bullet yes. point here that we need to bring up because our diseases cover juvenile arthritis. Versions, yes. You know, juvenile idiopathic stills, um, which would be systemic. Juvenile. Yes. So what? tell us a little bit more about what parents have to know about this. Parents have to understand, um, and I, I'm familiar with the rules in the United States. I'm not familiar internationally. Um, so if you are not in the United States, you probably should check with your, your local municipalities on this. Um, but in the United States, each state has a loophole that makes giving CBD, including the isolates, illegal to give to minors. And just in 2020, I have had four CPS cases come across my desk uh, in various states because our organization, we're an education and outreach organization. And so we will connect them with the resources to help fight the case and protect their families. Um, So nowhere in the United States is it legal to give your child any form of cannabidiol without participating in the state registry. And Child Protective Services 100% has authority to decide whether or not they're going to investigate you. And what we're seeing, it's not necessarily that they're failing drug tests. It's that um, the parents, they think that CBD is legal and, and they have that idea that, oh, it's, it's legal. I can do whatever. And they'll go and talk to their doctors. They'll talk to the teachers and they will talk to um, hospital professionals and every single one of those groups um, is required under federal mandatory reporting laws to report if a child is given a drug product. And as we discussed earlier, the FDA classified CBD as a drug product, an active pharmaceutical ingredient. And so that technically is, it's illegal. Okay. Well, that, that is interesting. And also right before the show, um, when we were going over this, <laughs> Bridget said, now we, we must prepare for people who sell like the websites and, and manufacturers uh, to come out at us and say, no, this isn't true. So yes. we, we, are, we understand this and we are not by any way, shape or form trying you know, to say that all products are, you know, are, are not good or, or, or bad, right? I mean, that's not... Yeah, that's irrelevant what of what the product is. The product can be a great product. But as a, as a parent of a child with an illness, you have got to make a decision. And that is your decision. But if you know something is not technically legal, you would probably mitigate that risk a little differently than you would, um, you know, if you just were carrying dandelions in the car. Okay. You know? So, you know, so please don't come <laughs> and, and, and attack us, but we are more than happy to um, have conversations and make sure that uh, verbiage is, is clear. Because I think you mentioned mm-hmm. too, Bridget, it's part of it is just that there's, there's no regulate regulations on how to phrase things or isn't yeah. that a lot of it is the regulatory framework um, that is non-existent right now. The FDA has not come out with any framework for, for people to, to go by when it comes to CBD and supplements. Um, the other caveat to this is the law itself is not written very clearly, whether it's a state law or a federal law. They're very ambiguous. And, and the one thing I've realized in government is the more you try to interject logic and make sense of it, the less it actually makes sense because government doesn't do anything that makes sense. So there's no clear, there's no language out there that says you can't give CBD to your kids. What it is, it's a loophole Mm -hmm. that people are using because technically speaking, with all isolates, you can still have trace THC. And just to give you an example, we had a a CBD company tried to sponsor a NASCAR and their labs measured three decimal places out, did not find any THC. So they sent in samples of their product to NASCAR who sent it to a DEA state lab. That lab found the trace THC and it was 0.0000065 or something really ridiculous like that. Mm -hmm. But that's the technicality that's going to get you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So well, Thank you for and and we will 
continue to keep this this updated as you said things change all the time and, yes but this is something that if 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 we as a pop as a patient population as a community are are looking into this which it, it's it i think the arthritis foundation um did a study did a survey of of a couple thousand people i think mm-hmm. and it was over 70 percent that either were interested in using or already used. So this isn't something that 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 <laughs> needs to be addressed. And we need we need to know what might happen or what we're really ordering uh, when it comes into that. In saying that, let's transition into using the product, yes. the meth the methods of using it. So I had mentioned a little earlier that I first looked into it because I was taking so many ibuprofen a day and it was causing a lot of heartburn and then I was getting gastro issues. And at the, this was a couple of years ago now and well before uh, there were any legalities near where I live. And somebody that we knew would drive to Colorado. <laughs> get, that's, I mean, I'm being honest. That's yeah. how it worked and um, would bring it back. And I said, I'm going to give it a shot. And I, and, uh, I remember not knowing what to, to expect. No, no, I shouldn't say that. I remember thinking I knew what to expect. I thought, okay, I'm going to take this. And it, it was the tincture. It was under the tongue. It was uh-huh. the little drops. And I thought, okay, put it under there. And I thought, what, okay, what am I going to feel? What's going to happen? <laughs> and, I, and then I remember my husband said, well, and I said, I, I don't know. And then the next day, like, well... I don't know. And so a good week or two goes by and I really honestly didn't know mm-hmm. if it was helping me or not. I I I wasn't feeling anything. So I yes. and I was looking for something. I don't know what that something was, but I guess <laughs> it was like I'm used to taking an ibuprofen and then something happens. So it was um I was I don't know what happened, but I was in the kitchen and I opened I opened the cabinet to get something and I realized, oh, my gosh, I haven't taken an ibuprofen in three days. Mm-hmm. And it was that aha moment. It was that. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the right the right word is. Um, it, it was just it was that slight. Yes. And gradual. That I didn't notice, and the other thing was, my husband and I were were going on on a on a mild hike, and in normal circumstances, I would have had to stop earlier or stretch or something. And he made a comment like, "What is go? What's happening here? How are you still going?" <laughs> and I realized I wasn't having the amount of pain that I normally would at that level. But it was lit. So for me, it was this sort of gradual aha moment. And I guess that because I've been hearing again in communities or uh, when people are talking about starting to use them and saying, oh, well, if you uh, are going to have your biologic infusion or your shot and and you there's a couple days sometimes, sometimes even Mm -hmm. longer than that, depending on on your method of app, of of application but uh, where you might start feeling the disease more and okay. i've had i've heard patients talking about well maybe i'll just use that the tincture in those two days and to me that's confusing because it didn't work that way with me but is was is it just me did it just not no. did it take that time to ramp up for me or what if i am a person who says oh i just think i'll use it for 2 days out of the month so or is there a different kind i should be using if that's what i'm targeting no it's your your reaction to cannabidiol is actually the majority reaction okay very few people will take it for a day or two and experience significant pain relief. Um, the scientists are now chalking that up more to a placebo effect, which we'll take, right? Yeah. You know, any, yeah. <laughs> if it's placebo and I feel better, you know, whatever, I'm going to be cool with it. But really for CBD to get in there and work, CBD, um, it helps with inflammation and neuropathic pain, but you have to take it consistently over time. This is just like any other therapy or medication that we would have. Mm -hmm. And you have to take it consistently before you know if it's going to work. Um, And those those 
days where you get this magic relief, those are few and far between. My, my cannabis story is the same. It was, I didn't think anything was happening for, for close to three months. And then I, you know, I was purposely trying to wean off my opiates. Um, but then all of a sudden, I noticed that I could hike more. I recovered faster. Mm-hmm. I was up and moving around doing things that I hadn't done before. And my husband was like, what? What, what is this? What's going <laughs> yes. on here? And, and that was um, about three months of consistent use. And for cannabidiol to do anything with an autoimmune disease, there has to be consistent use over time. And you may or may not feel like a million bucks the first day. Some people do, some people don't. Um, but the goal is to use it consistently like you would any other therapy. And the, the other thing about that and you know, is, is the dosing and, mm-hmm. and, and using it. Now, I've also heard that there is no um, side effect. There's no like intoxicating feel. You can't feel that off of just CBD. However, there was a <laughs> one day that I took more. Mm-hmm. I really was aching that day. And I thought, oh, well, you know, it's fine. So I upped my dose. And I remember that night, I just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain it other than I just, I felt like an extreme case of brain fog um, is, the, I guess, the best way I would explain it. But I just, I felt off. I didn't, and, and it didn't register to me until uh-huh. months later when I heard that <laughs> dosing is extremely important because you can, in fact, yes. uh, have a reaction to it where you get some kind of, of um, yes. So can you just mention uh, cannabidiol? What happened to me? (laughs) Yes. So um, prepare to be incredibly confused, but um, uh oh. (laughs) But cannabis and and um, CBD specifically, it it has different effects at lower doses than it does at higher doses. Um, We're noticing in a lot of different patient populations, not just the autoimmune arthritis patients, but you'll notice that low doses tend to be a little more stimulatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the higher doses can be a little more sedative. Um, so you can actually become intoxicated off CBD or CBD isolate, just depending on your body chemistry, how it processes it. Mm. Um, so you always want to start taking it when you don't have to go out and drive, you don't have to go out and be very coherent for things because you don't know how you're going to react to it at first. And you would do the same thing as you were to increase dosing. Um, mm-hmm. So you would, if you're taking an increased dose, you would probably want to do that on a day where all you have to do is sit home and binge watch Netflix. Right. So, you know. <laughs> that, you know, that does make a lot of sense though, because mm-hmm. it's, it's inner and we aren't going to go into all of the, the health and the human body, but mm-hmm. it is, it is impacting. Yes. A, a, a part of your, your body. There is re- a reaction in yes. your body, just like, uh, I guess, food. I mm-hmm. mean, the, some people will swear that uh, they eat a certain diet and it helps tremendously where other people will eat the same diet and say, well, I didn't feel that. Yes, exactly. We, we all have different bodies. So that, that makes sense to me. Um, it didn't at the time, but I didn't know what was going <laughs> on. But uh, especially I think that's important. That was important to mention. Because we are told there's no there there's no intoxicating feeling yes. that can, that can happen, and that's <laughs> not entirely true. That is correct. It is not entirely true, and you do have to understand that everybody's body chemistry is different, and so you need to figure out how you react to it. Okay, so let's talk briefly about some of the others. So let's again. I'm in pain. I don't want to wait two months. <laughs> For it. Uh, what about some of the other options? I know that there are topicals. I've uh, there. What are some of the other ways that we could use this to help with the pain? Well, there are three major ways that people are utilizing uh, cannabidiol. And the first one is going to be the oral ingested. And we've talked about that. So if it goes in sublingually and you swallow it, um, gel caps, 
uh, tinctures, things like that. Anything that goes through the mouth. And tinctures, that's the droplet. Yes. Correct? Yes. Just wanted to make sure that we clarified that. Absolutely. Yeah. The the tinctures. Um, those oh. <laughs> those I would use. Oh, I need a picture. Where's my phone? Okay. Hold on. You're, we're going to put this on the web. We've got to put this on there. Wait, hold on. Yes. <laughs> People are going, what's she talking about? I know. We're watching our, somebody use a tincture right We're now. literally, our, our produce, <laughs> one of our producers of the show just popped in our screen with his tincture bottle and, and put some in his mouth. And we just started <laughs> laughing. So um, that that's what that was. And yes. I took a screenshot of that. So well, that was, that was, that was. That was see That's he, beautiful. he does yes. that. Yes. His name is Ryan. Ryan likes to likes likes to creep in on me and, and surprise <laughs> me. So, but it's it's great, and that that would be more for your consistency. You would want to use something oral, um, you know, a couple of times a day, and uh, that is going to be where you build up the endocannabinoid system and um, the CBD works for maybe. Um, the pain and inflammation and really it's working on inflammation and neuropathic pain it's not necessarily working on the pain but it's working on inflammation so if the inflammation is what's causing the pain it'll help a little bit um so the the oral i usually liken that to uh, extended release medication or Mm. your Mm. um your regular therapy that you do like if you take plaquenil you take it twice a day there's no you know, question about what you're doing with it. Um, so that would be oral. Um, the second would be inhaled. And I know that there is a huge um, issue with the vaping that just happened, but they did rectify that and they figured out it was the vitamins E acetate that oh. these unregulated companies were using. Um, it had nothing to do with the CBD. So if you, you go and you find a good, reputable product with test results, um, vaping cannabidiol is great for um, like acute symptoms. You know, okay. if you're if you're really in a lot of pain and you just need something right away, and it's iffy whether or not that actually works for that. But if you think it works, it probably does. So. Let me ask because because just because I do not know that's why mm-hmm. I've not tried it that way. Is that I'm not trying to sound naive, but that's what this is about, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So that involves some level of inhaling smoking. Yes? Um, yes and no. Um, vaporizing is a little different and it it's, doesn't have the smoke or the, the plant parts to it. Um, okay. Anytime you burn a plant and plant material, it has carcinogens in it. And so if you have lung issues or... That's where I was going yeah, with this. If you have lung issues, this is probably not the best option for you. Um, and, and really, I only will use inhaled versions for things like extreme nausea where I can't keep anything down. Okay. Okay. And mm-hmm. then you, you, you did the topicals. Topicals. I love topicals. And they, okay. They, I've never tried these. So oh, I, yes. Okay. This is... Topicals <laughs> are the bee's knees. Let me tell you, um, they don't remotely get enough press. And when you're looking for a topical, I would not look for a topical that is a CBD isolate topical. I would look for a topical that has complementary essential oils in it that will help the CBD work in a specific way. Mm. Um, The topical that I have that I and and I make this at home, it's really easy to make. I use... um, Essential oils that are high in things like beta-caryophylline, linalool, uh, which is in lavender, um, and myrcene, which is in hops. Um, that's myrcene and humulene are what make hops smell like cheesy butt. So, um, you know, it's, these are the uh, terpenes. And uh, most of these terpenes are actually found in the actual cannabis plant, whether it's hemp or whether it's marijuana or whatever you want to call it. Um, all of these terpenes are in there, and these terpenes will help guide the cannabidiol and the cannabinoids into their effect. So they all work together in something called the entourage effect. And those are the most effective um, preparations out there is when you have all of it together and you're not missing anything. Um, so I would definitely recommend topicals. I use it. I have severe cervical dystonia. Um, I don't know if anybody has, has looked at the book, you know, uh, Death from Rheumatoid Arthritis, where they talk about 
Atlanta axial instability. And that is something that happened to me. I had Atlanta axial instability and I was given three months to live a couple years ago. Mm. Yes. And the surgery cut because it was a posterior surgery. It cut all of those muscles in the back of my neck. And so anytime really just randomly, it'll start to seize and it'll start to pull and it affects how I think. It'll cause the, the neuralgias to kick up and, and it's, oh, it's horrifying. And it'll, it will pull so much, it actually pulls my shoulders out of socket. Oh my this, goodness. But I use a, a cannabis topical uh-huh. with all of those different essential oils in it and it will cut the spasms. Okay, we need to talk after this show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone out there, I'm going to get some more information about this, okay? <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to delve more into this, okay? I we're, we won't we won't leave you hanging. So, yes, topicals um, are the cat's pajamas. So Wow, we, okay. Yes. That sounds like a good breakout um episode for us to do uh, uh at some point. So Absolutely. Um and then edibles. What about edibles? Edibles are the same thing as oral. Okay. Yeah. So um, generally, most people refer to edibles as infused food. Um, we here in Colorado, we actually have pizza parlors and sandwich shops. And I think even a Carl's Jr. had a CBD infused burger. Um, and and okay. those, those are the edibles. But anything you take in your mouth is the same thing. So you know, you're taking the, the tincture sublingually, but then you swallow the oil. And so mm-hmm. when you swallow, it's the same thing as an edible. It doesn't matter what form it comes in. Okay. Well, you just led me back to one of the initial questions that we said when we started off the show. I go to the fair and I see, <laughs> <laughs> I see I can get CBD water. I can get, I don't even, I, it's, everywhere. And what does that mean? What am I going to feel? What am I ingesting? What, what does it mean? Bridget, um, help me. It, it means that you should be wary of those products until you have researched them and seen laboratory testing. Because okay. there are some CBD products out there that are 100% strictly for money, and they don't actually have any effects whatsoever. You know, if you're using CBD therapeutically, don't get it from a bottle of water. Those are usually very low doses. This is the frou-frou, the, the um, you know, high-end products that are out there. And they include things like infused mattresses and infused athletic wear, you know, mm-hmm. um, athletic wear and, and things like that. And those products aren't necessarily there to help patients. And okay. so I would... Unless you are very familiar with this company, you've seen their lab testing, you know the results, just I would refrain from buying any CBD products and, and especially if it's in a gas station or something like that, because you just, you just don't know. There is no regulation out there that says, you know, the product has to have what it's labeled and, and all of this stuff. And they are finding that a lot of these products that are being marketed out there don't actually have what they claim that they have. So this is where your research comes in. Okay. And speaking of that, you provided uh, us with a very nice list on things to watch for when purchasing CBD, questions to ask the manufacturer. Could you briefly uh, summarize that or go through a couple of uh, the, the bullet points? Because we will put this on uh, the episode page too, so that Absolutely. So people um, can have access. But, but what are the things that we want to look for and questions to ask? Um, so there are questions that you can ask your manufacturer when you are doing the research. Um, the first thing is testing. And you want to be sure that they are batch testing every single batch and that they will send you the results for your specific batch. And that testing needs to include more than just the potency of the cannabinoids. Um, You need heavy metals, you need toxin testing, solvent residue, because a lot of times very bad solvents are used to extract and they're not always purged properly. Um, And then contaminants like mold and fungus. A couple of things I really want to mention here is, is hemp does have a superpower. And in many areas of the world, hemp is used in land remediation when a 
plot of land becomes um, contaminated either with radiation, uh, heavy metals, and things like that. And so in the United States, we have a lot of areas where the soil may have high uranium content, uh, say in Colorado, or you know, high arsenic or, or different heavy metals. And those things can get sucked up into the stems of the cannabis plant that is being used for your CBD. And you want to make sure those things are not in your product. And being organically grown doesn't mitigate the fact that you could still have these contaminants because organic soil out here, we can do nothing to the soil. And Colorado has many areas where radon and um, uranium are present in high levels in the soil. And so those can get sucked right up into the stems and, and uh, you can but still label would, it organic. How would, if I wanted to ask, I mean, how do I even go about asking something like that? Well, you ask for test results and you ask for test results of ground contaminants and heavy metals. Okay. So very specific. It's a very yes. specific ask, mm-hmm. a very specific question. If they're only okay. providing a potency um, and they're not testing for things like mold or ground contaminants or uh, heavy metals or solvent residue, then I would move on to the next company. Okay. What else? What, what are the other things that we should be looking for? Um, you want to know where the hemp or the CBD is coming from. And you want, to, you want to find a place that has the cleanest farming practices possible because we are using this therapeutically. This is not a nutritional or, you know, I'm just having a glass of CBD or just whatever mm-hmm. people who are healthy do. Um, you know, it's, you want to make sure that it's coming from as local sources as possible. We do have issues with a lot of CBD, especially isolates, being sourced from overseas, and they're not clean isolates, if you will. They have a lot of contamination in them because those growing practices are not quite as stringent as ours. You want to ask what part of the plant is processed. You don't want something that is made from seeds because there's no CBD in the hemp seed. Mm -hmm. Um, The stalks have very little CBD. And they also are very full of all of those contaminants, though I will say a majority of the company, companies probably do use stocks. Um, so you have to watch for that. Really, you want a product that has been sourced or, or extracted from the flowers and, and um, some of the leaves, because that's, okay. that's where the CBD and the cannabinoids are all grown. They're, they're all in resin glands that are located either on the leaves or in the flowers, which is the highest concentration. So I ask that question and they come back and they say, I don't know, a variety. uh, It's from a little bit of a variety of all parts of the plant or something like that. Then that is not specific to the flower, to the. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, You you really want to find somebody who's extracting from flowers, especially for therapeutic use. Okay. It's kind of like a hot dog. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like you want to make sure they're not like made by shoes. In there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know okay. what we threw in there. Just whatever fell in. Whatever. So. Or, yes. Or, or lunch when you're in when you're in school when you're still in in school. Whatever's yes. left over. Um, so you, you also want to watch out for how was the hemp extracted, and you don't want to use products that are hexane or butane extracted um, because of the harsh solvents and and those have liver interactions, especially if you have uh, drugs in your system like methotrexate. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a big deal. Um, and you also, one of the big things that I'm seeing is uh, most CBD purveyors will talk about, oh, just take three drops or take, take a dropper full. And you want to be able to tell very easily for the patient how many milligrams are in each dropper um, or in each drop. You, you want something that's labeled. Mm. Um, you know, and, and a company that says this is 0.5 ml or whatever measurement they're going to label it. And then on the bottle, it should say in 0.5 ml, there are 18 milligrams of CBD. And if you don't have that, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, what, what, what is a dropper full? What's in that? I don't, I don't know. Is it could be 10, it could be 20, it could be 50 milligrams of CBD. I mean, what does that mean? And, and where it might not matter to somebody who's healthy using CBD as a, a supplement, for us it matters because you want to know if something is working and you want to know when you have to change it. And how do you know how to 
work with it if you don't know what you're taking and you're not taking it consistently, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's important is you have to know what, what is in that down to the milligrams. You know, I don't just take a dropper full of ibuprofen. You know, yeah. I take a 200 milligram pill. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, no, that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And you also mentioned um, medication reactions. You said specifically. Yes. Methotrexate. Steroids too, correct? Every oral drug that is metabolized by the CYP450 um, will have an interaction with CBD specifically. And CBD also has several other interactions that we have to watch for as well. There are some medications and drugs that it cancels out completely. Mm. um, And this is independent of the liver interaction. And then there are some drugs where it, it can actually cause a stronger response in the, uh, the patient. Just to give you an example, earlier, right before this conversation, I was discussing with somebody who was on fentanyl patches, and they were using CBD. And CBD does interact with opiate receptors. And so mm-hmm. I advise them to go to their pharmacist and have them check out the interactions because fentanyl is incredibly deadly. And yes. if the interaction is one where it causes it to um, proliferate and not be absorbed properly and build up, then you could possibly create a fatal toxicology issue there. Um, So you you really do have to be careful with it. Um, We have children, especially with anti-epileptic drugs, Mm -hmm. that will take CBD and don't realize that it interacts with those drugs and they'll end up in the hospital with liver alts that are hepatitis level um, and they have massive drug toxicities. And so we, CBD works because it interacts in the body, but you, you have to bounce that up against pharmaceutical just because it's comes from a plant doesn't mean that it's safe. It's safety should never be based on the fact that it's a plant. There's a reason we don't go into the woods and eat poison ivy. Right. So, uh, you know, you, you really do have to do your homework and if you're not on pharmaceuticals, you clearly don't have to worry about drug interactions. Um, but most of us tend to be on pharmaceuticals. And I'd like to just take a moment to also say that this should not be a substitute. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is, this is in addition to as a co-therapy. And that's where, where people generally tend to have the best results. Yes, there are people who can wean off opiates or wean off a particular medication, but that, that's their story. And you shouldn't just start taking CBD and then just stop taking everything else. Right. Um, you always have to work with that doctor and your medical team and make sure that you are progressing in the right manner because CBD is fabulous, um, but it doesn't mean that you should stop taking your biologic. Right. Um, well, there's there's so much more. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the the time. I we we've been talking for a very long time. It's just there's so much yes. that 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 we could cover here. One of the things that I did you just said about talking to the doctor, very important for for all anything that you're you're putting into your body. Uh, one of the things that we won't really go into today, but for a future episode. Uh, we have a breakout series, a pilot series that we've launched at, at AI Arthritis Voices 360 called Roomy Rounds. And it is it, it, it involves bringing patients as equal partners to the table with rheumatologists or rheumatologist professionals so yes. that we can have open dialogue about uh, about important topics. This is an important topic. This is huge. <laughs> yes. Because we're sitting here telling patients, please talk to your doctors. And here's the thing. Not all doctors are that versed on this. Most doctors are actually not the and the nurses and the nurses exactly, Um, and they're working on it. It's starting to make its way um, out there. But even when I went to the American College of Rheumatology uh, conference the last couple of years, there's been one or two uh, of parts of the conference uh, sessions on this, and they both times. They were at like 6.30 at night yes. when most people have left already. So we're one <laughs> of the few people in the room. Uh, so yes, we need to talk to our doctors. Mm-hmm. But don't forget, there yes. is, there is the, we have a discrepancy here. This is an a issue. Big one. A, a big so one. And so we are going to, to have this as part of a roomy rounds 
um, episode because Perfect. I think it's important to understand what doctors know, what nurses know, mm-hmm. what they need to know. Um, because we've got that 15 minute window where we go in and talk to them. And if this isn't something that they're already planning to speak about, yes. And that 15 minute, we're throwing that in on them where <laughs> there's a lot to talk about here. So, so Absolutely. I just wanted to throw that out there that you do need to speak with your doctor, but we also need to be, um, realistic yes. that th- they might not have all of the information right now. And, and I will be honest, most doctors don't have all the information right now. When I first started using cannabis alongside my biologics, my roomie, um, wonderful guy, he, he was like, yeah, I don't believe that mumbo jumbo, but at least you're off your opiates. Three years later, he sold the CBD cream recipe to Mary's Medicinals. There you um, go. So it's, they're learning, but this is not something that's taught in medical school. The nope. endocannabinoid system is not covered, uh, except in incredible basics. And so we know about this. I, my organization knows about this because I couldn't find any of this information when I started. And I'm like, this is really helping. There has to be something more to this. And, and that began the journey of learning. Right. But most doctors, if, especially if they're in practice, they don't have the time to go back and, and read hundreds of studies and, and all of that. And so they're, they're actually learning from us at this mm-hmm. point. So it's, it is a big discrepancy. Um, so, you know, when you have your medical team, I would generally suggest having a cannabinoid expert um, or a cannabis doctor or something like that, that you are conferring with as far as this, because it is therapeutic and, and they probably know the stuff that your, your rheumatologist or general practitioner doesn't. Where would you find a person like that? Well, there are, um, in states where you have legal medical cannabis programs, they have doctors that have to get that education that recommend or um, will recommend a medical cannabis card for you. And those are the doctors studying the uh, endocannabinoid system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it sounds like that's, that is also information that is currently probably in research and underway in and developed in progress. Okay. Yes. So that's something that we can certainly follow up on. Um, Bridget. Yes. We have talked a lot. Yes, we There's have. There's a lot to say. Yes. This is just, uh, this is just, just amazes me that this is the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> the very, very tip. Uh, one of the things though, that you just said was that when you, you kind of started on this journey and, and you're, you yourself looking for this information and here I am now, uh, well behind where you are <laughs> looking for information, <laughs> you've created this wonderful nonprofit Correct. and you have a lot of these materials, a lot of instruction yes. about in detail, what we've talked about today, some guidance some overviews. Where can, where can people find that information? My website is keepitlegalcolorado.org. And um, there's a place on there, uh, a page on there called the patient place. And it breaks it down based on conditions, whether it's autoimmune, whether it's neurological, um, etc. And then there's a whole bunch of studies listed there. There's also very um, easy to read guides that you can bring to your doctor's office that you can use yourself. I have one called No CBD, and mm-hmm. that is the place where you are going to find all the information about CBD, uh, how to get started with it, what questions to ask, and what to watch out for okay. uh, on that. Great. And we, and we will also link to that website on mm-hmm. on our page on our page and the other thing about this is just because we are wrapping up the conversation here today does not mean that the conversation ends and <laughs> just like i said in the beginning that is true of all of our podcasts we do want to make sure that that we start the conversations and then continue them with our community but more so this time bridget and myself will be setting up a a facebook event sort of yes. like a viewing party. Um, so if you go to the IF, uh, to the to our Facebook page, which is IFAI Arthritis, under the event tab, we are going to have we will have a a recording of the show 
We will have some breakout information that mm-hmm. we mentioned today. So some some takeaways that that you can find there. And best of all, you can ask questions. Yes. And, and ask I, as many questions as you want. And those questions and the dialogue that we have in that event or that watch party that will be starting after this airs. So all you need to do is when this airs, which will be Sunday, March 1st, um, go to that Facebook event page and you can ask as many questions as we said, as you would like. And uh, even if you cannot tune in on that exact day, that's okay. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) You can tune in a month later. you you, You can still tune in. So based on the conversations and the questions that, that we have on that event page, those will become the guidance to the the points that we will cover in future episodes. So you are becoming a part of this series on CBD and in cannabis. So make sure that we check that out. Uh, You can also find this and all of our podcast episodes at aiarthritis.org backslash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And If you do log on to one of those podcast sites, please give us a nice rating. We would really appreciate that. Yes. (laughs) So, well, Bridget, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, This has been wonderful. We could probably spend another several hours. Oh, I'm I'm sure this is the conversation has just begun and I'm, I'm really excited for this opportunity. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. So now it's it's your time, everybody. So please take your time to join us at the table. AI Arthritis Voices 360 is produced by the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis. Find us on the web at www.aiarthritis.org. Join us again on Wednesday for our special breakout episode where we bring your comments, questions, and ideas to the table. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and stay up to date on all the latest AI arthritis news and events. Thank you.